Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill, and with me, I have my friends Joe and Emma. Hi, friends. Hello. Hello. I don't know how to start this episode. <laughs> That's fair. It It's a dramatic one from just the title alone. It's I know. not that dramatic, but I guess it kind of is. It, yeah. it is. I mean, we're coming at you all with some changes today uh, and get into that as we go. Yeah. But I think uh, maybe the the biggest change of them all has to come from Jill. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. First, I'm not leaving the company. (laughs) I feel like I should start start that meetings. (laughs) I know. I start that with like everybody I'm having this conversation with. So friends. Let's let's go back in time to like the fall of 2015 when I'd been in overdrive for like two months and I had this idea for a podcast and I went to a coworker and I was like, hey, we talk about books all the time. Let's just stick a microphone in front of everybody and make a podcast. And here we are seven years, over seven years and over 700 episodes later. And... I have decided, I don't, listeners cannot tell this. I cannot look at my screen with the two of you right now, just, (laughs) but I decided to retire essentially from the professional book nerds after all of that time. It's just, it's, it's been a wild ride, but I feel like, you know, it's like that seven year, is it like your skin, like every seven years, like your skin, like your cells regenerate or whatever. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. That's like sort a of, seven year itch. You get yeah, like new allergies. Yes. Yeah. You get like a new skeleton or something like the that. The life yes. cycle. Yes. Yeah. So that personally, personally, that's sort of what this has been feeling like lately is that it is time for me personally to step away from the podcast as a permanent co-host. But because I'm not like leaving overdrive, I you'll still hear me. Just not as often and mostly as a guest. But so that's the big change is that this is my last episode as a full-time co-host of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. And And nerd. It is it is so weird. (laughs) I mean, you are you are a fixture here. And the time that I have gotten to learn and spend with you on this podcast has been so incredibly meaningful. And always thought-provoking and always something to laugh about. Uh, and yeah, it's it's definitely a different time that we are walking into. But it's also so nice to know that I can pop my head up at my desk <laughs> and see you at yours. You're, yeah. not, you're not leaving. And I'm not leaving. That we still have 
the uh, Hunger Games series together and that I'm sure we can demand you back for things uh, like more gossipy guests that. Oh, yeah. Episode. Oh, I'm oh, definitely 100%. coming back for that. <laughs> like already put it on the calendar. I to just, I, yeah. Come back. I feel like if anyone has ever been in a position where you've dedicated your life to a certain idea or something, at some point you start to recognize that it it needs space and it needs to be left in the hands perhaps of other folks who you trust and love to make it better. You know what I mean? Like I say this as a writer and like one of the things with writing is that at some point you need to bring in outside voices because your own limitations are sort of, you can't see everything. And I feel like that sometimes is what is happening with this podcast where I'm like, I don't want to feel like I'm holding it back in any way. And I brought on Joe and Emma, these two amazing people. And I'm like, I want to see what you do with it without me. And also I just, I'm, I'm tired. If I'm being perfectly honest, it's just not like in a bad way, tired. Just, I just need to just take a step back. That's all. So, and seven I think, years. Seven yeah, I know. Seven episodes. years. 700 episodes. Like, <laughs> dang. Wild. Yeah. I that's, think that's, yeah, I'm like seven years and 700 episodes twice and, a week for seven years. And you, I mean, and it can't be understated the way in which you pioneered several things for this podcast. I mean, how it started is certainly not how it is now. And mm-hmm. so that needs to be recognized. Like, I think I was on the first episode you with you yep, and it was like in a conference room with like we didn't even have real mics not even conference room we were in one of the training rooms that's right like the bathroom yes we might have been in one of the bathroom ones I don't even remember we were in one of the training rooms I brought in my snowball microphone from work Mm -hmm. or from home um but that room there there's no padding um, no padding those first two episodes were rough until we had figured out a somewhat decent sound thing but yeah like our early episodes you we had to like work really hard to try and get because the best the best room that we found that adam and i found was the best room for capturing the sound but also had enough padding to like minimize all that was unfortunately next to the restrooms and so there was a lot of editing out of the hand dryer the Dyson hand dryer dryer. so loud it's so loud and infiltrated those walls (laughs) no but just I know and Joe touched on this a little bit like we have learned so much from you in this last year plus of posting this podcast it will be a different podcast without you, but I am not as stressed about it knowing that <laughs> you are just a message away or like a quick walk right. away and that you will be back on episodes as a guest and you will always be, I think and hope, a beacon of knowledge and podcast wisdom for us to, you know, absorb all of that from as long as you'll have us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's super important. Just not just for you both, but also listeners like I'm, you'll still hear me. Yes. In we have like, we have episodes planned. Yes. So we have episodes planned. Uh, right. That's comforting to me, at least that there are things planned already. Yes. And, and I also want to applaud you not only for all of 
the, uh, the years of work, like there's a body of work that we have to look at that is incredible and just astounding to think of having lived a year and a half of it or a year plus of it now. The, the big piece I also just want to congratulate you on is looking at something that has been so much a part of your life and recognizing when you hit that point where you're like, I need to step back because that is, I think the hardest thing to do to take something that's so much a part of you, at least in your workspace and in your personal space and to be able to say like, Hey, you know, this is what I need for me. So I just want to thank you for thinking of yourself too. It's such a hard thing to do. And it's something that should always be applauded. Well, you know me, I'm big on boundaries. (laughs) You know what? We love a boundary. We We do do love a boundary. We do. So. So going forward, Emma and I will be your co-hosts. We'll be taking you through author interviews as we always have and our book chats on Thursdays where you can hear us talk together and with some of our friends from here at Overdrive and outside in the literary world. But we are also making an adjustment to our episode cadence. So with Jill's departure, I do want to be uh, mindful of what we're committing to as well. So we will be cutting back on some of our Monday author interview episodes. We have a new cadence that we're coming out with that um, we'll do two author interviews a month, one from Emma, one from me. And then our Thursday episodes will remain the same. We heard from y'all on Instagram that the book chats are some of your favorite and that you could use a little more space to take time to listen. So we hope that decreasing frequency of posting, just having those two author interviews a month, and then the consistent four Thursday episodes will still give you a lot of content to love and listen to, but maybe a little bit more time to do that in. This is where I have to shamelessly plug our Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We always post when a new episode drops. So since our our goal is to still be aligned with the publishing date of the book. So if you've noticed our Monday episodes fall the day before a release, if it's a Tuesday release or in the same week, I cannot say that it will be the first Monday and the fourth Monday because we're still going to try to match our Mondays to that release date. So just with that in mind. Yeah. And since we're just announcing changes, the other change that we did want to call out is that we are going to take some scheduled breaks and some time off from the podcast. So historically, the Professional Book Nerds podcast has been two a week for 52 weeks of the year, give or take. That is over a hundred episodes a year. That is a lot. Sure is. (laughs) That is a lot. That is a lot. So with that in mind, we are going to take some scheduled breaks sort of during times when we naturally see that people aren't necessarily listening to podcasts as much. They're busy traveling or doing other things or just as they fall around holidays and things like that. So we will be sure to share when we will not have new episodes and when those breaks will be. It will not be anything extreme where we will be going weeks and weeks with no content, but uh, a week or so here or just some better scheduling in advance on our part so we can take some breaks around the holidays and things like that. So we'll definitely announce those ahead of 
when we won't have anything new. So you won't just be confused when there's no new episode of the podcast. Because I think is that we work on the podcast as not our full-time jobs here at Overdrive. And so it's been a very interesting time to try and figure out what that means for the production and the workload and all of those things. And so with this big change of Jill retiring, we are just going to sort of see how it goes. And some of that is just going to be trial and error. And to Emma's point, a big piece of the breaks is to make sure that we are both thinking of our schedules, both here at the office and out in the world, as well as making sure we're always delivering you the best content possible. We want to make sure you're getting the high quality episodes, interviews, and content that you're used to. So we hope that these breaks uh, give you a moment to rest and reset as well as us. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it is that as someone who listens to a lot of podcasts, if you start to fall behind on listening, it can be hard to catch up. And this way, you know, you're sort of building in times for listeners to not be super overwhelmed with a big backlog of episodes they have to get through. So right. Natural ebb and flow. Yeah. Yeah. So with all those fun changes, shall we do what we do best on Thursdays and share some cheeky book racks. I think that's a great way to uh, wrap up for today. And I think maybe just what's everybody reading lately? Because we haven't done one of those in a while, I don't think. Great idea. I'll I'll dive in. I, of course, am going to be the worst and throw out some arcs that I have been reading. These books are coming soon, and you may even hear from these authors uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, But one of the books I have been reading lately is The Haunting of Alejandra by V. Castro. This is a woman who is haunted by the Mexican folk demon La Llorona in an utterly terrifying and wholly immersive story about generational trauma, colonization, systemic oppression, and the horror at the heart of motherhood. Uh, That is a quote from the Library Journal Starred Review. But this is basically a look into Alejandra's life. She no longer knows who she is. To her husband, she is a wife. To her children, she is a mother. To her own adoptive mother, she is a daughter. But they cannot see who Alejandra has become, a woman struggling with a darkness that threatens to consume her. Nor can they see what she sees. In times of despair, a ghostly vision appears to her, the apparition of a crying woman in a ragged white gown. When Alejandra visits a therapist, she begins exploring her family's history, starting with a biological mother she never knew. As she goes deeper into the lives of the women in her family, she learns that heartbreak and tragedy are not the only things she has in common with her ancestors. Because the crying woman was with them too. She is La Llorona, the vengeful and murderous mother of Mexican legend. And she will not leave until Alejandra follows her mother, her grandmother, and all the women who came before her into the darkness. But Alejandra has inherited more than just pain. She has inherited the strength and the courage of her foremothers. And she will have to summon everything they have given her to banish La Llorona forever. So that was The Haunting of Alejandra. By V. Castro. It's out in a couple weeks here on April 18th. That sounds really good. I I was drawn in by the cover. It's a really beautiful floral cover. And then when I read the description, I went, ooh, 
horror, unreliable narrator, uh, real world trauma, I'm in. In a book that's not related in the slightest, I recently read The Five Star Weekend by Ellen Hildebrand. This does not come out until June, so I'm sorry that you'll have to wait to read these perfect Nantucket vibes. But this book was nothing short of a joy to read. I don't know how to describe it other than joyful. I have never read any Ellen Hildebrand before, and I hear rave reviews about all of her books from our colleague, Kate, who's been on the podcast a few times. And so when I got this one sent to me, I was like, this looks absolutely perfect. I had a girl's reading retreat recently, and so this was the book I took along. And it follows Hollis. She's the creator of a popular food blog called Hungry with Hollis, and she's married to a really hunky heart surgeon. And they sort of get into a heated argument one morning. You know, tensions have been rising a little bit as her blog has grown more successful, demanded more of her focus. They're sort of in midlife and have kind of maybe drifted apart. Their oldest or their daughter, Caroline, is away at college and things like that. So they get into a little bit of an argument and he leaves to go to on a business trip and he's killed in a car accident. And so that sort of kicks off the entire story where she absolutely has to rebuild everything. Like everything is different and her food blog is the least important thing in her life. And so when she hears about something online called the Five Star Weekend, it was a woman who organized this girls weekend for a best friend from each phase of her life. So she invited her childhood best friend, her best friend from college, her best friend from like raising her kids. And then her best friend from her midlife to this thing called the Five Star Weekend. Hollis decides that she wants to host her own at her home in Nantucket and reach out to, again, all of the people that she's been friends with in these different stages of life and brings them all together. So she sort of arranges for this really interesting cast of characters to converge on Nantucket at her home. So she has Tatum, which is her childhood best friend. She has a Druan, who is her sort of posh sports agent friend from college. She has Brooke, who was her friend from her 30s. They raised their children together. And then Gigi, who is a stranger to her, but is actually somebody from her blog community who she's really hit it off with in the online sphere. And so she invites all of these people to her house and they all have their own things going on. In terms of professional scandals, personal scandals, there's some twists here and there, and it all just comes together in the most perfect way, in my opinion. So it's messy. It's a little chaotic at times, but it's also just so happy and wonderful. And I absolutely loved this book. So The Five Star Weekend by Ellen Hildebrand is out on June 13th. That sounds super cute. It was very long-winded, but also the food descriptions in this book oh. were absolutely stunning. Just a, stunning. Everything was just perfection. I can a, see that. A good food description will get me every time. And oh, interior descriptions, mm. like Ooh. Nantucket. Yeah. It was just, it was just perfect. Oh, I, just... I love a New England fantasy. So my book is also a girl's weekend, but not fun and happy. So this is the writing retreat 
by Julia Bartz. I mentioned this in our February books pick episode. This I just finished this last night, so it's very fresh in my mind. This is about a group of writers who are invited to a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, which is an exclusive month-long writing retreat at the estate of feminist horror writer, writer, wow, what word was that? Feminist horror writer, Rosa Vallo. And Alex um, originally is told she doesn't get in. She's sort of past the age of, it was supposed to be for like under 30. And then there's a last minute um, cancellation and she manages to get in. And along with her who gets in also last minute is Ren. Ren and Alex had been best friends for almost a decade and then had a falling out about a year ago. We don't really know what happened, just that it was really, really bad. And Ren and Alex have not spoken to each other in a year. Like Ren has made it very clear she wants nothing to do with Alex. And now they're going to be like, stuck together in a big old Victorian mansion with a bunch of strangers and their favorite author, Rosa. But when they get there, like no one really knows what to expect, just that it's this huge mansion, like Rosa's home is one of those like very iconic Victorian mansions you think of when you think of like big fancy writers who have a lot of money. (laughs) So, and everyone gets their own room. It's lovely. Meals are all prepared. It's great. But when they actually get there, Rosa informs them that they, it's not just a writing retreat. They're all being forced together with the goal of writing an entire book in that month. I also believe it's February, which means I only get 28 days. Like, I feel like it's very specifically February. And as a writer, I noted that it was only 28 days. But yes, they have to write a book in that month, like a complete, this is not a nano 50,000 words. This is a complete full book within that time. But if they do that, one of them is going to get a contract, like a life-changing, like million-dollar publishing contract. And Alex has not written in a while. She's got writer's block, but she's here. She has to do it, and she starts. But as the retreat begins and she gets to know the other women and then has to deal with you know Ren being there things start to uh get weird and she starts to realize that not everyone is perhaps being honest about who they are and why they're there and that's all I'll say it was a it was a I it was so good and um it's a psychological thriller suspense type situation and I uh, I was a fan. I was a fan. So the writing retreat. Oh yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> it was wild. It yeah. I I don't want to say too much because again, like I don't. I'm glad I went in only with like I didn't read any reviews. I just had the book description. And as a writer, I'm like, this sounds delightful. But then as I kept going, I was like, oh, we're we're going okay. Let's do this. Let's do this. It was great. Yeah, no, that's that is what I need right now. So that will be that will be the vibe. Because no matter how hard you try to keep your TBR in any sort of order, <laughs> things happen. So my my last pick kind of goes with both of your vibe of like a, a little weekend. Uh this is The Three of Us by Ore Agbaji Williams. It is fantastic. I just finished it. 
may or may not have had an amazing conversation with Ore uh, that you might get to hear soon. But this book is, oh, it, it, I haven't read something like this in a minute. And it was just nice to have a a different, a, a different, <laughs> like that's all I can think of is like, she plays with form. She plays with narrative in so many interesting ways that like, for those of you who don't love not having quotations around text uh, or no page breaks, or if you don't love three perspectives, this isn't the one for you, but this is a story of long-standing tensions between a husband, his wife, and her best friend that finally come to a breaking point in a sharp domestic comedy of manners told brilliantly over the course of one day. So the book is broken into three sections, one from wife, one from husband, and one from the best friend, Temi, who is the only one in the story who has a name. The wife has it all, a big house in a nice neighborhood, a ride-or-die snarky friend with whom to laugh about facile men, and an affectionate husband who loves her above all else. The only thing missing from this portrait is a baby. But motherhood is a serious undertaking, especially for the wife who has valued her selfhood above all else. On a seemingly normal day, the best friend comes over to spend a lazy afternoon with the wife. But when the husband comes home and a series of confessions are made that threaten to throw everything off balance, the wife's two confidants are suddenly forced to jockey for their positions. Told in three taut, mesmerizing parts, the wife, the husband, the best friend, the day quickly unfolds to show how the trio's dented visions of each other finally unravel, throwing everyone's integrity into question, and their long, drawn-out territorial dance, carefully constructed over pivotal years, into utter chaos. At once subversely comical, wildly astute, and painfully compulsive, the three of us explores cultural truths, what it means to defy them, and the fine line between compromise and betrayal, ultimately asking, who are we if not for the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves and the people we're meant to love? So that is The Three of Us by Ori Agbaje Williams. It will be out on May 16th. So a little bit to wait on that. But like I said, I was being terrible today. Both of the things I just read have been arcs. <laughs> I also love the cover. And one thing I did not notice the first time I saw this cover, I think when you mentioned it, is there is a 3D element to it with the bottle, like with the uh -huh. spilled wine. And I only picked up on that now. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that like already this cover kind of pulled me in because I love anything that has that sort of 60s retro vibe to it. Yeah. But that element, I was like, what's happening there? <laughs> uh -huh. Because wouldn't you imagine the wine took them down the rabbit hole? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I love it. It's it's a good cover. Yeah, it's a it is a really good cover. I am gonna just continue the advanced radar copy train because that's what I've been reading recently. So my other thing that I've been reading is Romantic Comedy by Curtis Sittenfeld. This comes out on April 4th. And this is a really fun premise. It follows Sally, who's a comedy sketch writer for something akin to Saturday Night Live. And she's sort of resigned to just being single. She's a comedy writer. She works on this show that has pretty tricky hours in, in the season that, she, you know, that they're writing for. And so she kind of just, again, like is resigned to not having 
that person uh, for this time of her life. And she has a colleague whose name is Danny and he's kind of the like Pete Davidson of it all, where he seems to be able to date women that are extremely attractive celebrities that are seemingly just leagues above him in terms of, you know, looks or, or whatever people deem important in society at large. And so she kind of makes fun of him in a sketch that she calls the Danny Horst rule, which is just, again, sort of making fun of that phenomenon where these men can date these absolutely stunning women and sort of underscoring how unlikely it is that the reverse would happen. And as she's writing that sketch, we have Noah Brewster, who's a pop music star, and he is the host and musical guest for that week that she's writing this uh, sketch for. And he is not really sold on the sketch. He's like, well, why couldn't the reverse happen? And as they're sort of working together that week on the sketches that he's hosting and participating in, they absolutely cannot deny their chemistry. And Sally gets in her own way, as our romantic comedy heroines often do, where she thinks, he can't possibly like me. I must be making this up in my head. Like, there is no, this is not chemistry. Like, I'm just, he's a pop star. He's just charismatic. And so on and so forth. And as they keep working together, she starts to, like, actually wonder, like, wait, this has happened. This has happened. He like serenaded me at one of the rehearsals or am I just, again, is he just a performer? Am I just making this up? And so they're kind of, will they, won't they for the entire week that he is hosting is so compelling and captivating and are they going to get it together enough to figure out if they're into each other or not? Can they overcome what she's calling the Danny Horst rule? you know, where she thinks that he is just so, so, so far out of her league, um, that this is real life. This is not a romantic comedy. So it's a really cute story where it just sort of turns some of those tropes on its head. And I would say kindly makes fun of some of those things that we, we see in society, but it's been a really, really delightful read. So that is Romantic Comedy by Curtis Sittenfeld out April 4th. That sounds like so much fun. It does. Yes. Because also the tension of is, am I the conquest because I've given him a challenge or is he really into me? Ooh, I love it. Yeah. And I do think that happens a lot in romance where like you are your own obstacle. I mean, in life as well, but like you are the one preventing, you know, your, your own, own happiness. happiness. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's been a, a really relatable read just in that you can really get in your own way. Mm-hmm. 100%. So I also have an arc for my second one. But you know what? No, it's okay because you can put these on hold now. And then when they come out, it'll be great. It'll be great. Um, also, this is not a romantic comedy. This is Riley Sager's upcoming one, The Only One Left. It's out in June. So this is set in the 80s, which solid choice there, Riley. And it is sort of a inspired by Lizzie Borden, essentially. But if like Lizzie had lived to be a very old age and had a nurse caregiver come into the house, that's pretty much your plot. Um, so Lenora Hope 
at 17 was the only one who survived a family massacre of her family in the 1920s, and everyone assumed she was responsible, but the police were never able to prove it. And other than her denial after the killing, saying she didn't do it, she has never spoken publicly about that night, nor has she left the home uh, where it happened, which is Hope's End, a cliffside mansion that is sort of falling into disrepair, which is not great when it's on a cliff. I'll just say that. So she has lived there for the past like 50, 60 years with just a very small skeleton staff who watch her. And a home health aid kit has been hired to be the new nurse for Lenora after the last nurse just disappeared in the middle of the night and nobody knows what happened to her. But obviously, like, Lenora leaves, like, full-time care. She doesn't really talk. She doesn't – she communicates through minimal gestures. And they use a typewriter – Kit finds a typewriter and discovers that Lenora can type very slowly, but she's able to type. And she starts to type sort of a story. She starts to tell the story very, very slowly about what happened the night of all those murders. And Kit has to sort of figure out what to do with this information, especially because as the story goes along, it's a lot bigger than the story that everyone thinks they know and it like any riley sager you know there's a question of that we talked about this before where there's always that question of is there a supernatural element or not and the way he kind of does such a good job of playing with that also comes in with um the only one left so just delightful it was a delightful read so jazzed i love riley too much and I'm so glad you reminded me that I also have an arc of this. See, I I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I think, you know, I think what I like about Riley is sort of taking these somewhat mm, mundane. Mundane, I, but also sort of classic, like summer yeah. camp. There's been so many summer camp horror type stories told. And he did it in a very fresh way. And Absolutely. the same with this, like taking Lizzie Borden as a concept and sort of going from there, like, well, what would have happened if she lived to be like 80 or whatever? Like, what would her life? Actually, I don't even know how old Lizzie lived to. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that idea of like sort of asking those questions and just taking it a little bit further. I feel like he's really good at that. No, you're spot on. I love his return and reimagining to all of the different tropes from final girl tropes to summer camp. And yeah, he always keeps me guessing. And I love to play the game of can I guess the ending with all of the thrillers I read. And you may have some ideas that he checks off, but you'll never know what he's going to do. And this was the same. There was a point and I was like, oh God, don't tell me it's this. And then Yes, as I got on further, I was like, oh no, I was, you're like always kind of right there. Uh But he totally changes it or surprises you in a way that you didn't expect. Also, apparently, Lizzie Borden lived to be like 70. So, dang. Yes, but of course, it was like 
um, it was, you know, she died in 1927. So I think that's sort of like Lizzie Borden, like a more contemporary Lizzie Borden, like right. living in the 80s as an 80-year-old or whatever. That's an interesting concept. So Because, right, that would also have been the era and the space for Tell Your Story Later. Correct. Well, thank you for sharing your picks, what you've been reading lately. Emma, you're right. We have not checked in like this in quite a while. And listeners, thank you all for listening to us today, for hearing our upcoming changes, and for, of course, the biggest change of them all, hearing about Jill's soon-to-be retirement from the podcast. Of course, We welcome all of you to reach out to us. You can always reach us via email at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. So you can send comments, questions, um, thoughtful notes to Jill about all of your favorite times with her over the last seven years. You can send those in via email, or of course, you can reply to our post for this episode on social. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at probooknerds. So yeah. You can do that, of course. You can also rate, review, and subscribe um, if you want to leave a little message about a favorite memory in your review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify with Jill. That's also a great place to do that as well. Jill, while this is your final episode as a co-host, this is far from your final episode of the podcast, but any anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, so, you know, I think it's, the reason this podcast has done so well and I have loved it so much and have done it for over seven years and produced, you know, all these episodes again, like Emma talked about, like twice a year, 52 weeks out of the year is because of all of you amazing listeners and just knowing you're out there looking for those big recommendations that only we can give because of our delightful personalities and reading tastes and trying to bring something new to you every Thursday and making you excited to read and making you excited for all of those author interviews. So I'm, you know, I'll still be around. Just know that. But I do appreciate all of the support from all of our our very dear listeners over the past seven years, whether you have been with us from the very beginning and those really terrible recorded episodes. Don't listen to those if you haven't. Just skip those. Up until, you know, if this is by chance, maybe your very first episode. I don't know. But (laughs) all of those, like, you're the reason we keep doing what we're doing is because we want to bring you those amazing book recommendations and author interviews. And I'm just very excited to see where Emma and Joe go from here. And I'm excited to be a listener, like a just a full-time listener and not necessarily know what's coming up. So it'll be a surprise for me too, as we go forward for what new episode I have coming. Jill, truly thank you. Thank you for reminding us why we do this every week. And thank you for just giving us the opportunity to come on and share what we're reading, share who we are, and to connect with this amazing audience. With that, happy reading, everyone. Happy reading. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on Overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcast.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer, Jill Grunewald, and Joe Skelly, and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.